Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Well, my daughter-in-law asked me today to preach on vision, so I'm going to share on vision. In fact, I'll talk about vision for a month, but I'm just going to talk a little bit about vision today. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says that it says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law, happy is he. Now, the word, when you look at that in Proverbs 29, verse 18, for vision is the Hebrew word kazon, and it means a vision in the night, a vision or prophecy, divine communication, sight, dream, or revelation, vision, prophetic enlightenment or insight. You know what? You need to have vision for your life. You need to have insight. You need to have revelation. You know, if you don't know where you're going, you might go the wrong place. You don't know what you're supposed to do. You might be doing the wrong thing. We need vision that comes from God. He says, where there is no vision, the people perish. The word perish is the Hebrew word per. It means refuse. They're uncovered. They're naked. You know, some people are not covered. They're naked. I'm talking about spiritually covered. It means to go back. If you're not going forward, you're going back. If you're not moving towards something, you know what? You're going the wrong direction. It means the cause to refrain, to show a lack of restraint. You know what? If you don't have any vision about where you're going financially, you will lack restraint. You need to have some wisdom with that. To let loose of restraint, to reject counsel. If you don't have any vision, you're rejecting counsel. The Bible talks a lot about counsel. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. With good advice, make war. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. We need godly counsel to go unbridled, just to run wild. No. No. No, you don't want to run wild. You don't want to be unbridled. No, that's a negative thing. Where the people have no vision, where they have no insight, revelation, direction, they'll be running wild. They'll be going for anything. You know, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. To be lawless. You don't want to be lawless, right? But he that keeps the law, happy is he? He that keeps the word. I like to use the word word, the word. He'll be happy. That word is the Hebrew word esher. It means happy and blessed. How many of you want to live a happy, blessed life? I'll tell you the way you do it is through the word of God. Now, what do we need vision for? I I believe we need vision concerning our spiritual life, right? We need vision. Do you have a vision? I'm glad to see you all here on the first day of the year, on the first day of the week. In church, hallelujah, glad to have those of you online, hallelujah, honoring God. You know what, we, we need to, they, they told me that Dr. Lester Sumrall would ask people three questions before he, he hired them. I want to know what you do first. I want to know what you do with the first time, every, every time, you know, every week. What do you do first every week? You honor the Lord on the first day of the week. Do you know why we worship on Sunday? 
We worship on Sunday because Jesus was raised from the dead on Sunday. We worship on Sunday because the Holy Spirit was sent and the church was born on Sunday. We worship on Sunday because Paul said, when you gather together on the first day of the week, you set aside what God has prospered you with. That's why we worship on Sunday. Amen? What do you do first? What do you do first thing every week? What do you do first thing every day? Do you spend time in the Word of God? How many of you have a vision to read through the Bible in a year? How many of you do that? I hope a lot of you do that. Barbara read through just recently. She was preaching to me from Revelation. It was good understanding. Hallelujah. I said, honey, did you read your Bible this year? She said, yes, I did. I've read my Bible through year after year after year. You know, I don't memorize very many scriptures, to be honest with you. Almost none. But I read the Word. I read it over and over and over and over. It gives me life. It gives me sustenance. It sustains me. It directs me. It helps me. I love what Smith Wigglesworth, you know, you read about three and a half chapters of the Bible a day and you'll read through. I read straight through from Genesis to Revelation and I study a lot of stuff all the time. Amen? I never quit reading through. Praise God. I'm in Samuel now, okay? <laughs> I just, I'm just reading and reading. And, I, and to read through the Bible in a year, you need to read about three and a half chapters. If you can't read the Bible, read the New Testament. You can read one chapter of the New Testament every day, five days a week, and read through the New Testament in a year. You know, when I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I would read the New Testament sometimes in a day. I devoured the Word. Oh, how I love your law. Oh, how I love your Word, David said. It is my meditation all the day. I have esteemed the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. I love what Smith Wigglesworth said about the word. He said, read it through, write it down, pray it in, work it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lester Sumrall showed up at his house one day with the newspaper. Smith Wigglesworth said, you can come in, that stays outside. No bad news in my house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. You need to feed off the word of, you know why Christians are so depressed. You know why they're not doing much better than work? Because they're feeding off the same information. And if you feed off the same information, you're going to have the same results. So if you want to have different results, feed off of the Word of God. Feed yourself spiritually on the Word of God. What do you do first thing every week? What do you do first thing every day? What do you do first thing every time you get paid? You know what? If you won't be faithful with 10 cents, you won't be faithful with $1,000 or $100,000 or a million dollars or $10 million. You got to start with 10 cents. <laughs> I'm talking about faithfulness. My dad taught me that. We might not have known anything else in church, but we went to church, right? And we gave our tithes. We might have drank beer, cussed, smoked, lived like the devil, but we went to church and gave our tithes. My daddy taught me when I was like four years old to tithe. I've been a tither ever since I've been a kid. It's worked out well for me. Praise God. Now, I don't legalistically tithe. In fact, I give a lot more than a tithe. It just, but, and God's been so good to me. Praise God. This church is a giving church. And we started this church. We had almost no people and no money. We've given at least 10%. We've given between 10 and 27% of the money away every year. Hallelujah. It just works. 
There is he, Proverbs says, in chapter 11, verse 24, that scatters and yet increases. And there is he who withholds more than is sufficient, and it tends to poverty. I just, you got a vision for that. Do you have a vision, right? Do you have a vision? What Do you have a vision spiritually? Do you have a vision? Praise God. Do you have a vision about building relationships with other people? You need to have a good vision. You need to have good relationships. Do you have a vision financially? Praise God. Do you, you know, do you have plans on giving? Hallelujah. Do you have some giving goals? I told my secretary the other day, tell me what I gave here and there and there. She brought me a little paper with it. I was pleasantly surprised. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's amazing. It's no problem. Hallelujah. Do you have giving goals? We have giving goals. Do you know what? You can get revelation from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We have giving goals. Hallelujah. We have savings goals. Do you have savings goals? I believe in, you know, I call it the Joseph plan, right? It's called 10, 10, 80. You give the first 10%, save the next 10%, live off 80. You can give more than 10. You can save more than 10. But you give the first 10, you save the next 10. I taught my boys that. It works. They're all blessed. I didn't give it to them. God gave it to them. Amen? God's good. He honors his word. I have giving goals, saving goals, income goals. Do you have income goals? Do you have investing goals? Praise God, you need to have some goals in life. You know, if you have no direction, where there is no vision, the people are perishing. They're casting off restraint. Aaron got a vision to pay off his college debt. You know, there's people who struggle with college debt for 30 years. He got a vision to pay his off in one year and paid it off in six months. He said, but in those six months, he said, I only ate out twice, and that was at Chipotle. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Who's the big money man in the body of Christ? Dave Ramsey, the guy that says Craig's lest your cat. Okay. <laughs> Dave Ramsey says that if you're having financial problems, you shouldn't see the inside of a restaurant unless you work there. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to get violent. Right, if you want some different results, you've got to do some different things. I had some people a few years ago come in. They had thousands of dollars of debt, no assets whatsoever. They, they came in drinking $5 coffees, and they were complaining about their parents. I said, listen, did, did your parents buy that coffee? No. Well, that's why you're in the mess you're in. Quit blaming everybody else and take personal responsibility. Hallelujah. I remember the first time I bought a Starbucks. We flew in from Hawaii. Somebody bought a trip to, to L.A. about 4 in the morning, and Barbara wanted a little fruit cup. The first thing that opened was Starbucks. I was standing in this big, long line, and I was watching people spend $5 to $20 a head. I said, man, I should be in this business. I should be selling this stuff, right? I mean, and I bought her a $5 fruit cup, and I was happy to do it. Hallelujah. Okay. I haven't bought very, very much Starbucks. In fact, Ben Daly came one time and flew in, and he landed about 9 o'clock in Colorado Springs, and he had to teach about 10 o'clock at Karis Bible College. And I was driving, and he asked three times to stop at Starbucks, and I didn't stop. He told one of my friends, he told Ashley Territus, he said, Pastor Lawson, I asked him three times to stop at a Starbucks, and he didn't. I thought, man, we got to get you there. You got to be ready. 
<laughs> I heard about it on the backside. Glory to God. Now I'm on Ben's board. He says, I want to know, right? He has a church of like 15,000 people in five locations, and they want to know how to get out of debt. So first I said, here, here's how you're going to have to budget. Here, here's how this looks, right? You got to get a picture. You got to know how to do it, right? Secondly, and they asked me this. This year they asked me, I said, now here's what you got to do. You got to believe for this. Did you know you can believe God in the area of finances? Just like you can believe him for your forgiveness and for your healing and for your peace. There are promises that you can believe. You know why this church is like it is? Because we believed for it. Listen, I started believing for $5,000 a month income in this church when we had less sometimes than $100 a week in the offering. I wasn't getting paid anything to do it. And I put 50 in there. Listen, that is a bad looking situation when you got a family of five. <laughs> And you just took a big house payment that Jesus takes care of me in grand style. Amen? But listen, we, we really try to obey God in the realm of giving. And listen, your pastor don't stop at 10%. There's no way you can explain what I have in my home. There's no way you can explain what this church has in the natural except the grace of Almighty God, the goodness of Almighty God. Do you have a vision? Vision will affect you. It'll affect you physically. I got up this morning and I ran a 5K and I swam 800 meters and I was still one pound over. Man, I'll get it in control tomorrow. <laughs> I fight my body, right? I beat my body and I keep it under subjection. It'd be really nice if we get rid of all this Christmas sugar too. That'd help me a lot. Uh, glory to Jesus. The Lord is good. Do you have a vision physically? My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to take care of it. Praise God. Barbara said, listen, I can't eat like you. I don't want to look like a Clydesdale. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, baby, you're looking good. She said, yeah, that's because I like, I, I'm like, where do you want to go to eat? Salad and soup. I'm like, salad and soup. Give me some food. <laughs> My dinner eats your dinner for lunch. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord to God. <laughs> Chill out, Pastor. Where do you want to go? Panera Bread. Oh, no. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Let's go to Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> She's sitting on the front row. She said, Mexican, 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 Mexican. <laughs> I want to eat some steak and some Mexican food, baby. Give me some food. <laughs> I took her to a good place yesterday, and we had enchiladas. Praise God. Oh, they were good. Hallelujah. I ate black beans, but she didn't. <laughs> I said, honey, if you knew it was in them refried beans, you probably wouldn't eat them. Uh, glory to God. I love her. Praise the Lord. She loves me. Her mama loved chicken enchiladas, refried beans, and rice. Amen. Hallelujah. She's got it in her jeans. I just got to get her over there. <laughs> Hallelujah. She said, no, I want a salad and soup. I said, honey, we got to eat something. <laughs> Jesus, forgive me. Do you have a vision? You need to have a vision. Where does vision come from? God gives us vision. Let's look at Genesis 13, verse 14. 
The Lord said, Jehovah, the self-existent eternal God, the creator of the universe, said to Abram after that Lot was separated him from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. How are you going to get from where you are to where you're going to go? You've got to look at it. You've got to look around. God has more for you. Look. Look north. Look south. Look east. Look west. I've got more for you. For all the land that you see, all the land that you see, I will give it to you and to your seed forever. I'm going to give it to you. Hallelujah. You know what I want to get? I want to get exactly what Jesus wants me to get. You know what I want to possess? I want to possess everything the Lord wants me to possess. You know what Pastor Lawson wants spiritually? Pastor Lawson wants Colorado Springs. I want this city, Jesus. Give me this city. Give me this city. I want this city. I want to win more people to Jesus in Colorado Springs. I want to see more people saved and healed and filled with the Holy Ghost and set free by the power of God in Colorado Springs. All the land that you see, I will give it to you, and I will make your seed. Listen, if you get a vision from God, it'll affect your family. It'll affect your children. It'll affect people that are close to you. Some people aren't going anywhere, and it's because they don't have a vision that came from God. And you need a vision that comes from God. It says, I'll make them like the dust of the earth. If you can number them, I'm going to make them arise and walk through the land. You in the length of it, in the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. Inspection precedes possession. You know, for two years before we moved to Colorado Springs, God was stirring me up on the inside. I went places, I looked around. The Lord said, I heard they had a need. The Lord said, no, 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 no. But God kept stirring me up about Colorado Springs. Andrew Womack came to Church of the Redeemed, our church in Kit Carson in April of 2020. At a meeting, the Lord said, go buy. I went and borrowed money to give him an offering. I don't do that all the time. The Lord said, do that. So I did it, and I gave him an offering. He didn't even open. It's a large offering for me personally at that time. He took that offering. It was in an envelope. He put it in his pocket. He didn't even open it. And he said, now I'm going to go to Charlotte, North Carolina and minister in September, and I want you to go with me. I said, okay, I'll come. I knew a man that pastored 40 miles from there. I called him. I went and preached for him on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday morning. And then he drove me over to Andrew's meeting, and I was with Andrew in Charlotte, North Carolina in September of 2021, or 2020. September of 2020. I was with him. I was walking to the meeting. I said, you know, we've had some thoughts about coming to Colorado Springs and starting a church, but I don't know why I need to be there. He said, Lawson, he said, there's nobody like you in Colorado Springs. There's not a lot of people preaching the word. He said, I think you do really good, but guess what? Jesus hadn't told me to come here. So I just sat on it, right? And then January 4th, 2021, I was sitting in my office at my church in Kit Carson in the morning, about 10.30, I was sitting at my desk. I don't know if I was praying, reading, meditating, and God just dropped it in my spirit, just clear as a bell. He said, go to Colorado Springs and start a church, Karis Christian Center. I said, well, 
Now, I went home and told Barbara. She said, I've been telling you for two years we need to do something in Colorado Springs. She was ahead of me. We're going to Colorado Springs. I called Andrew Womack on Sunday afternoon, January 7th. He said, you better get with it. Hallelujah. He said, I, I was afraid the only way that you'd get, get out of Kit Carson was in a box. <laughs> oh, I love Kit Carson. You know why? Because Jesus put me there. You know, I went to Kit Carson. I graduated near the top of my Bible school class. You know, I, I had people, people tell me, some of my Bible school student friends, why are you going to a town of 300? You ought to be going to a church of 300. I said, because Jesus told me to go there. Listen, you need to do what Jesus tells you to do. You need to go where Jesus tells you to go. So many people, they have no relationship with Jesus. And you know what? God raised up great people right there in Kit Carson. And then he told us to come here. And listen, if I wouldn't have went there first, I wouldn't be here now. You've got to obey Jesus. Listen, I don't want to pastor a church if Jesus doesn't call me to pastor a church. And I don't want to pastor a church where Jesus doesn't call me to pa pastor a church. I'm interested in doing exactly what Jesus wants me to do. Nothing less and nothing more, period. That's what I'm really interested in doing. Praise God, the Lord spoke to Abraham. And the Lord said, lift up your eyes and look. The Lord gives vision. Where does vision come from? It comes from God. Vision comes from the word. Where there is no vision, the people perish. They cast off restraint. But he that keeps the word, happy is he. Proverbs 29, 18. The word of God will give you vision for your life. The word of God will give you vision for your family. You know, so many people having so many problems raising their kids because they want to do it their way instead of God's way. Why don't you get back to doing what the Bible says? I'll tell you what, life would get a lot better. Amen? I've had people tell me when my kids were like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what the Bible says. Amen? It works better. I'm just telling you the word works. Amen? If you believe it and act on it. So many people don't want to do what the word says. I believe what the Word says. Amen. We need to do what the, the Word will give you vision for your life, vision for your family. The Word will give you vision in so many areas. You know, Psalm 119, 130 says, the entrance of the Word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of the Word gives light. It gives, did you know what? You can go back when Martin Luther, right, had the Bible, right, printed in German. They used the press, Gutenberg, Germany, got the, got the Bible printed and put it in the hands of people. And you can follow where the scripture was printed and put in the hands of people, and you can see that new uh, inventions sprung up. You know, when, when, when they took the Bible out of the hands of the people, the world went in, the church took it out of the hands of the people, said only the clergy can interpret the scriptures. We went into what you call the dark ages, and society actually regressed. There was a man in the 1920s in Kansas City. The man went to a Pentecostal church on a Sunday night. He put his last $20 in the offering. 
In that night, he had a vision and he saw a one-way plow and it changed how we farm in America. Henry Krause, and he became a wealthy businessman. There was another man. He started the Caterpillar Corporation. God showed him how to make the gears in a Caterpillar tractor. And did you know what? He started out giving 10% of his income. At the end of his life, he was given 90% of his income. And people criticized him. And he said, listen, I'm living a whole lot better on the 10% than I lived on the 90% when I started out. He had a vision. He had revelation. He had insight. He had direction that came from God. <laughs> Amen. God gives vision. The Word gives vision. The Holy Spirit gives vision. Turn with me to John chapter 16. Jesus said, it's very necessary for you that I go away because if I don't go away, then the Holy Spirit won't come to you. And if he comes to you, he said in verse, you know, he, he said, this is what he's going to do in the world when he comes. He's going to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That's the Holy Spirit's primary ministry in the world, to convict them of sin the sin specifically of not believing on Jesus, because if you don't believe on Jesus, he can't do anything about all the other sins in your life. Of righteousness, that Jesus is the righteousness of God, and Jesus made righteousness available to every man when he died and rose again. And of judgment, because the prince of this world has already been judged. Satan is a defeated foe. If you ever get a picture of the defeat of the devil, of the victory of Jesus Christ, of how much God loves you, and how amazing God's plan is for your life, you're going to be done serving that dog, the devil. Amen. Glory to God. He says, but Jesus said, listen, then he, then he began to talk to his disciples, those who were following him. I, I've got a lot of things to tell you, but you can't understand them now. You can't grasp them. You had to be born again, right, to understand them. Verse 12, listen to what he says in verse 12 as he begins to talk to his disciples. Then he says in verse 13, however, when he, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all. Sometimes we don't know the way, but the Holy Ghost is like a sea and odd dog. Stop here, turn here, go there. He'll show you things that you don't see sometimes. For he will not talk of himself, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will show you things to come. He's showing us. We have revelation that comes from God. Listen, life isn't fair. We have favor. Life isn't fair. We have inside information that comes from heaven. See, I'm not saying that like a victim. I'm saying it like a victor because I understand who Jesus is and what he's done. Jesus said he's going to take the things that are mine and the Father's. He's going to show them to you. Vision comes from God. It comes from the Word. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It also comes from people of vision. I love being around people of vision. One of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 13, verse 20. It says, he that walks with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. If you want to do something, find somebody that knows something about it and listen to what they tell you. 
Some people, just so obnoxious. Well, God told me to do this. Well, I don't know if he told you or not. Let's have a few checks and balances here. Some people don't want to listen to instruction. I need instruction. I'm listening. I told Andrew Womack years ago, listen, Andrew, if you ever have anything you want to tell me, I'm right here. I'm ready to listen. He said, I already know that. I said, I never told you that. He said, it's the attitude in which you conduct yourself. Some people don't take counsel. Well, you need to find some good counsel. In the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Amen? With good advice, make war. Vision comes from God. It comes from the Word. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from people of vision. Now, how does vision work? Let's look at this scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and verse 23. The light of the body is the eye. If the, your eye is single, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, the word here for I is the Greek word ophthalmos. If you go get your eyes checked, guess where you go? To the optometrist. The light of the body is the eye. Now, this word I in the Greek means I. It means not only eye, it means the eye of the mind. What do you see on the inside? See, God told Abraham, all the land that you see, I'm going to give it to you and to your seed forever. What do you see? See, you have, I believe that you have a picture on the inside of you. And I believe that you are being drawn, right, by the Holy Spirit into some, on the inside, I believe every person has a picture. And if you want to change the picture on the outside of you, you've got to change the picture on the inside of you. You know, there are people that win millions of dollars in, in the lottery and in, in a couple of years, they're absolutely broke. It wasn't a money problem, it was a vision problem. They didn't see right, they didn't think right. You don't see right, you don't think right, you don't go the right direction, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but you, you, you say, wake up. <laughs> Hallelujah. The light of the body's eye. You've got a picture on the inside of you. And you know, the word of God was given to change the picture on the inside of you. The spirit of God was given to change the picture on the inside of you. Amen? Sometimes you've got to be around some people that help change that picture. He says that eye, the eye of the mind, it's a knowing, it's a vision, it's eye, it's sight. You've got to have insight from the Spirit. It's been said that faith sees the invisible, hears the unaudible, does the impossible. Amen? What, what, what are you seeing on the inside? Amen. You know, in 1998, while we were pastoring in Kit Carson, Barbara and I went to a meeting in Billy Epperhart's church, Billy Epperhart was a pastor in Littleton, Colorado, pastored a church called, that he started Trinity Christian Center. And we went there because Billy was having a meeting and 
he had some different people there speaking, but he invited us because we, he knew that we supported certain missionaries. And he knew that we supported them generously. So he asked us to go to this meeting in 1998. And when we were at the meeting, Mark Hankins was preaching. And Mark and, and Billy paid for our whole family to go there, put us in the Marriott Hotel, paid for all of our meals. And I didn't have a lot of money at that time. We went to those meetings all week. Billy paid for everything. I put about $100 in the offering because that's all. I, now, I gave Billy's ministry $50 a month for years after that. Right? But I didn't have a lot of extra then to put in. So, you know, I just gave what I had then. But while I was in the meeting, Mark Hankins was preaching, and Mark made me mad. Right? I said, I don't know about what he's preaching. On the way home, Saturday morning, we were going home. We stopped about noon at McDonald's to get everybody something to eat. Quarter pounders with cheese were on sale, two for $2. Meals was on sale for $3. There was five of us, Barbara and I and the three boys, so I bought. I ordered, right? I bought two quarter pounder cheese for $2. Right, one meal for $3. Got four waters. I went to the restroom after I ordered. I came to the table. Here was Barbara and the three boys. I had my water and the French fry box and my quarter pounder cheese. And this French fry box had one French fry. And I told Barbara, listen, where are my French fries? Because even if you split a box of French fries five ways, there is more than one French fry. Cost me $7 in tax for lunch. Barbara said, listen, Mark was right and you're wrong. You need to get over it. Now, she, she understands the story a little different, but I, I remember better than she does, so. <laughs> She'll correct me another time. Okay. Anyway, but she, she said, listen, he was right and you're wrong. You need to get over it. It's no problem. I said, well, I just don't know about it. I'm going to have to pray about it. You know, we have to have our religious, pious attitude to overcome our bad thinking. I got to pray about it. I really don't know if what he was saying is so. So Sunday I got up and preached, and Monday morning I went out running real early in the morning, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Mark is right, and you are wrong, and you need to get over it. Now Mark comes and preaches for me every year. I'm sure he makes some religious people mad, but he's helped me so much. And he told me a few years ago, I can see you got well over it. In fact, he's on my board. Somebody else got mad and quit. <laughs> so, you know what? <laughs> we put Mark on the board. Hallelujah. Aaron and Heather had been wanting to put him on for two years. Hallelujah. Sometimes you've got to have different leadership to go new places and do different things. Hallelujah. What, what are you thinking about? Where are we going? What are we going to do? Hallelujah. Anyway, it helped me. It changed... And after I changed my mind, 1998, I'm pastoring in Kit Carson, down to 300, in Cheyenne County, 2,200 people in the county, covers 2,400 square miles, less than one person a square mile. And, and while I was there, you know, I, I began to have these thoughts after I accepted that truth. What he said is right, and I was wrong, and I had to get over it. And I thought, you know what, if I could pastor a church, of a hundred people, 
and give away 50000 a year, which we did. It was a miracle to missions and other ministries. I can pastor a church of 1,000 people and give away $500,000 a year. And we, we do. <laughs> it took 18 years to come to pass, but it happened in 2016. This year, 2022, the one just passed, we, we gave far beyond that. Hallelujah. And guess what? We were in camp meeting last year, and God gave Aaron a word. You're going to have a $100 million fund at Karis Christian Center, and you're going to give $10 million a year away to missions and other ministries. How about that? You know, some people get mad. Why should a church have money like that? You know what? They're on the broke system. I tried to help a ministry in town pay their building off. They said, we, I, I talked to their board. I said, listen, I'll do a gift match. I'll give the first $25,000. I'll get five. They owed $300,000 on their building at that time. And I'll get five other ministries to match $25,000. You go to your partners and say, we got a gift match of $150,000. We'll pay your $300,000 off. That sounds like a good deal. You know what? They came back to me and said, we think that debt is good use of our money. I said, okay. I went and found Cecil and Lisa Paxson and helped them pay off their building. Find somebody else. They said, yeah, pastor, we'll do it. <laughs> Glory to God. We paid it off. Glory to God. This building you're sitting in is paid off. Now, listen, it challenges me a little bit. Costs as much to pay the utilities a month as it used to cost us in a year. And they can tell you right now, I'm getting challenged sometime. Hallelujah. We do our best to manage it. Nobody knows how difficult it really is, but we do our very best. But God helps us. Amen? And he's helping us a lot. But you know, I believe that word that Aaron gave will come to pass. You know, my son Peter, when he was between 7th and 8th grade, he was in the youth group, and God spoke to him in youth. He said, you're going to go to college, and you're going to get in through sports. When he's between his junior and senior year, God spoke to Peter, and God told Peter, he said, you're going to go to Princeton University. Now, we didn't know. It's hard to get in there, right? So we had him apply to three different colleges, but he got in Princeton. And Aaron was raising money at Carnegie Mellon. And he said, listen, Daddy, if Peter wants to go to Princeton and he gets in Princeton, you just let him go because they got like a $13 billion endowment. And with the money you make, most of it will be paid. And we paid about $7,000 a year for Peter to go to Princeton and get a quarter million dollar education. And he graduated with honors and he's doing very well. Amen? And we thank God. But now you know what? Princeton doesn't have a $13 billion endowment. They got a $25 billion endowment now. Why can't the church think like, but my God, if you get any money in the church, people think, my God, why don't they have the church and money like that? Because we think wrong. And if you want to go new places, you got to think new thoughts. If you want to do different things, you've got to change the way you're thinking, honey. I didn't get here by osmosis. I didn't get here by accident. I got here because God Almighty put a vision on the inside of me from the Word of God, and it's changed my life, and God is no respecter of persons. It ain't just because it's me. God will do it for you. If you'll believe it, you can receive it. 
You've got to get a vision that comes from God, that comes from the Holy Spirit, that comes from the Word, that comes from people of vision, and it works the way you see. God works on how you, but how does he do it? No, first of all, it'll change your dominant thoughts. As you meditate the Word, it begins to change. The Bible says in Proverbs 6, whatever verse it says this. In Proverbs, I'll look it up. I got it written in here somewhere. I wrote it down. Proverbs 23, verse 7. I didn't look at it. I remember. Okay. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? It works with your dominant thoughts. It works with your dominant words. When you change your thinking, you change your speaking. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You're all living off of that verse whether you realize it or not. And if you want your life to change, you got to change the way you think, and you got to change the way you speak. In Joshua 1, verse 8, it says it this way, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein both day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Your dominant thoughts, your dominant words, your dominant actions change your direction, and your direction will change your life. How does it work? Do we have a vision? We have it written on the wall. Know Jesus. We want to know Jesus and make him known. That's the ultimate goal of the gospel, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Experience grace. We want people to experience the grace of God. Psalm verse 5, Psalm chapter 5, verse 12 says, For you, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him like a shield. I'll bless you and I'll protect you. I'll bless you. God spoke to Abram in Genesis 15, verse 1, and he said, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to protect you. I'm going to bless you. There ain't no hedge like the almighty God. I'll bless you and offer to experience grace, build relationship. Listen, people come, we can't find any friends at church. What's wrong with you? You come late, you leave early, you don't talk to nobody. If you're going to have friends, you got to be friendly. Get involved. Go to work here, somebody, somewhere. You'll make some friends here. I know some friendly people. I'm here. I'm friendly most of the time. Hallelujah. Okay. I don't really try to be grouchy. I just get that. I'm doing a lot, lot better. Hallelujah. God gave me a new staff member, and it's changing my life. Woo, glory to God. It's so good at Karis Christian Center. Woo, I'm telling you, it's never been like this. It's a new day at Karis Christian Center. We got some great young men in leadership that are helping us. My son Aaron is the administrative pastor. Nate Carter is, is over our tech and TV. And Damon Peterson's over our finances in our office. And it's a new day at Karis Christian Center. And there's a foundation that we're going to move forward. Hallelujah. I am so happy. I am so thankful to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Know Jesus. Experience grace. Build relationships and live with purpose. Listen, God is a God of purpose. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says. Paul said this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. He said, you know my purpose. You know my manner of life. You know my faith. 
Hallelujah. My purpose directed my life, directed my faith. You need a purpose that directs your faith. You need God Almighty to get involved, to get you where he wants you to go. You need a purpose that comes from God. You need a purpose that's greater than yourself. And you need a purpose that affects eternity. Listen, we all want to affect. See, some people are visionary people, and they can just do things because they're visionary people. But some of the stuff they do, if they're not careful, has nothing to do with eternity. And I don't want to spend my life doing things that have nothing to do with eternity. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 through verse 15, Paul says this. He says, there is no other foundation that can be laid than that of Jesus Christ. And some people are building on this foundation of Jesus with wood, hay, and stubble. But some are building with gold and, and silver and precious stones. And at the end of time, all of these things are going to be tried by fire. And only that that's left will remain. And for that that remains, there will be an eternal reward I am laboring for an eternal reward and I don't want to just be doing things that are wood hay and stubble I don't want to just be doing things that have no eternal value whatsoever I want to be doing what God called me to do I want to be going where God wants me to go I want to give where God wants me to give I want to give what God wants me to give and I want to live like God wants me to live I love you Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.